This episode of Heavy Cardboard is brought to you from the great folks over at Gamesurplus.com, bringing the world of board games to you. Now, on to the show. Heavy Cardboard, Episode 93, Clans of Caledonia. Coming to you from the live streaming capital of the board gaming world, Denver, Colorado. Welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts. I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. The advent's been pretty crazy so far, yeah? Yeah, I've noticed at the end of the night I'm pretty tired. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oops. Um, yeah, it's been fun but tiring, you know, obviously. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Oh, I, I very much am, and it helps that they are as well attended as they yeah. are because it helps keep my energy up. Yeah. Now, I realize it's my full-time job. I am not complaining. <laughs> Understand that. Let me You're preface just amazing. and be You're clear. making a statement. However... 24 days in a row, that's still pretty intense. Yeah. And I'm very, I feel like I've done, or I'm going to be doing a pretty good job of managing everybody's time off. You are. I think is a good way to put it. You're managing everyone's PTO very well. No, I'm I'm being serious. Seriously, you are. Yeah, you are. Because I'm making sure that, especially you and Matt, don't Mm -hmm. burn out on this. Like you're going to be off for the next couple days. Now, you're off, quote unquote. You're still working on the show. You're just not different. I'm not on. Yeah, I mean, but I have so much more energy around Christmas time anyway, because it's my absolute favorite time because the tree well yeah duh or trees we have in the house which is weird to me it's awesome and beautiful and makes me happy so this is the first time in my life i've ever lived in a house or i guess in this case owned a house that has multiple christmas trees well me too which is really weird as somebody who grew up in trailers and in motels, that was only for rich people. We are very much not rich people, but because we have now a two-level house, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a ranch, but because we have the basement, basement finished, yeah. Matt and Dana have their tree, mm-hmm. and they're both fake trees because it's easier. Let's, well, let's yeah. be honest, all right? And, and it looks good. And I'm kind of allergic. So there's that. Yeah. But the fact that they have their tree set up downstairs mm-hmm. and then ours is upstairs, mm-hmm. although it's not their tree, our tree. It's just we have two trees yeah, in the house. Yeah, it's the which, house's tree. <laughs> right. It just is still a little weird to me. Um, it's very cool. It is. And it, it kind of is a, it's one of those moments to where you're like, okay, this is kind of coming up from nothing. Yeah. This is kind of special. It's, anno- it's this awesome feels for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, other than the advent, we are we are playing a ton of games out. Like we're actually playing lots of games on Saturdays after the streaming's over. Yeah, you would think I would be completely like, okay, off time. No, right? no, because <laughs> we have to get enough plays of we games do. in for the uh, for the, like our this. reviews like this, right? Yeah. But also, I'm not burning out, which is really good to see. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong; I'll play two or three games, one on the stream, and then two or one or two others on game day mm-hmm. and then have a little little downtime right. after that but i am really enjoying playing games as often as we are mm-hmm. it's nice it's just a lot more work live streaming them every day it's yeah. definitely 
it's helped though in a, in a good way that it, I have a schedule. <laughs> yeah. Cause 7 PM our time we're going live mm-hmm. unless it's the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. I mean, obviously there's some adjustment that goes on in there depending on the day of the week, but yeah, it's definitely helped me be able to just schedule myself a little bit better. I'm still working on it. It's not perfect. I mean, we're only what seven days into this right. when this airs. So yeah, but overall I would say pretty good stuff good. so far, I think. Speaking of the live streams, though, Game Surplus has been offering a daily code for each live stream that's good for 36 hours after the live stream. We're not sharing it. We're not sharing it in Slack. We're not tweeting about it. We're not... Watch the stream if you would like the code. And there are various things, like there's been discounts on party games. Mm -hmm. There's been discounts on this or that or whatever. Um, Watch the streams. You have 36 hours from time it ends to... Yeah. Make use of said and they're, coupon. They're fun, you know, like one code was about Jerry Jones and, and one another was uh Rudy rates ten. Like he rated uh, he rated uh, th- two games of you know, three games at ten, the designer of Pixie Queen and right. Carmen only had one of them in stock. So, so that's the, the one that so was on there sale. There you go. So that was it on just, sale. So that was that was pretty cool. Just he's silly given, ones, yeah. He's given discounts on the new Agra. We're mm-hmm. gonna be live streaming that on Saturday. So yeah, stuff like that. So big shout out to gamesurplus.com for Mm -hmm. both supporting the show as well as just making that available to everybody that watches the stream so that's cool speaking of kind of feedback type stuff really curious to get feedback on the first look pod blast we want to hear from you are you guys enjoying it are we wasting your time are we wasting our time by recording them we thought it was a good way little bite-sized little chunks to kind of whet your appetite before a a formal big review of the mm-hmm. game so let us know yeah if you if you like it if you don't we have had one person say that we need to say the player count and player in time and all of that stuff so we'll start adding that yep so good feedback on that because sure. if you want to know it we should we definitely should tell include you it, right the only other thing that i want to kind of bring up a little bit is so there have been one major change that's coming down the pike on patreon Uh, Our patrons have been awesome during this transition because of what Patreon is doing. Uh, Pretty much every creator that I have heard from in and outside of the board gaming hobby is not a fan of the fee change that they're doing. So we're hoping that over the course of the next, what, 10, 11 days or so, they reverse course and decide not to do this because I feel like they're going to be killing the golden goose if they do this. And that would be unfortunate for us as well as other creators. All content creators, yeah. And bad for them. Mm -hmm. So I hope they rethink that. Um, Yeah, I, I was joking with Dana yesterday about who was this focus group they got? Was it like 20 people and. You know, and who were they? And who were like, they? Uh, they you know? we've, no one's ever heard from no, them yet. No, it just was so like a bomb. So for those that don't know what's going on, so as it is right now, Patreon, they take 5% off the top from, you know, if you pledge $5 a month to become our patron, you pay 5 bucks a month. Patreon takes 5%, and then we pay the processing fees uh, for to PayPal or Stripe, depending on how you mm-hmm. deposit and how we get the money out of Patreon. Well, they decided, you know what, we're going to charge the patrons the fee now, which just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Um, And nobody is in favor of it. We're not in favor of it. In theory, it's supposed to get us, the creators, more of the money, but it actually, in actuality, it gets us less of the money that you're actually paying. So 
Yeah, no one's happy mm-hmm. with it. So one nice thing is during the patron drive, we started up uh, having an annual option for folks that want to support the show but don't like the the monthly subscription mm-hmm. model that Patreon is. Go to our store, and there are different options in there that folks can support the show that way. Or you could just PayPal over monthly if you wanted, right. and that we could don't, be something. Yeah, we don't have the capability for to do for it tracking, for you. Like yeah, tracking for it. tracking the monthly stuff outside of Patreon, but we do track the annual yeah. patrons. So thanks to everybody that is sticking with us, mm-hmm. because understand, this isn't our doing, and yeah. they understand that, which is... The most, and by they, I mean, well, y'all guys, listening. Yeah, that's, so. that's been vital and been very happy that that's happened. That yeah, so thank you for the support. Yeah. Thank you for the continued support. And you know what? We'll weather the storm. It's no big yeah, deal. We'll figure and it we'll out. we'll make through. We so, always do. Yep. Thanks, y'all. During the Not Hot Games room night uh-huh. at BGGCon, uh, one of the games that I was talking about on the Daily Diaries mm-hmm. and everything was Hankel and Stein. Right. Well, one of the one of the guys, Jason, that I was playing it with, he was like, "Hey, I got a copy of this. Make me a fair offer, and I'll send it to you." And so I was like, "You made him an offer he couldn't refuse." Actually, he did. He he upped it by ten, and okay, I fine. said, "Okay, I relented." So I okay, find he made you an offer you couldn't. Refuse. Yeah, apparently, right. <laughs> and so that came in, and we played it once, and everybody who played it was yep. like, "Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, you I didn't, get it now. You didn't oversell it, not at all." It's awesome. Yep. So that was pretty cool. Other than that, uh, we got a got our Kickstarter backing copy of Pixie mm-hmm. Queen, which becomes a giveaway down right. the road. Yeah. So look <laughs> for that. Uh, well, that was that, a surprise yesterday. <laughs> right. I it, that was one of those games that oh I forgot I backed that because yeah. we picked up a review copy at at Essen mm-hmm. and totally forgot that we I backed it. Oops. Yep, my bad. Hey, my bad. Your benefit, y'all. Yeah. So, or at least one of y'all mm-hmm. is going to benefit from this. Somebody so we'll, is. We'll figure that out maybe for next week. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Big thank you to our sponsor, BoardGameTables.com. If you're in the market for a customized, one-of-a-kind board game table, go check them out, BoardGameTables.com. My family hails from Scotland, and... You don't have red hair. Well, old, long time ago. Many moons? All, all long years ago, as my grandmother would say. All right. And one of the clans in Clans of Caledonia is actually my family. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, could you trace it back to that, do you think? We have a crest and everything. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fancy. Huh. All right. So, Clans of Caledonia. Published, well, this year, 2017, designed by Juma Aljuju, artwork by Clemens Franz, published by Karma Games, plays one to four players in 30 to two hours, 30 minutes to two hours, depending on player count. As far as availability and cost, I don't know that it's available right now. I think it's coming, but I don't think it's out there outside of the Kickstarter backers, question mark. I couldn't find it anywhere online. I think it will become available at retail, but as it is right now, it hasn't hit retail yet. Right. As far as plays and player counts, about a half dozen plays for me. Yeah, about this, maybe five. I think one less for me. Okay. All right, cool. And that covers everything but solo, so we can't speak to the solo game. So what is going on in this Clans of Caledonia? Well, players take the role of a Scottish clan. 
each with their own special abilities in which they use the score points by setting up their own economy, rearing sheep and cows for meat, wool, and milk, respectively. Of those, you can make cheese if you get the right production building out. You can till grain, which can be turned into bread or whiskey, depending if you get the right building out. You can cut wood and mine the mountains for money. And there's also an important element of the game, which is fulfilling uh, export contracts, which also allow you to import goods on these contracts. The goods you produce can be traded for hops, cotton, tobacco, and sugarcane, and the imported goods are worth points at the end of the game. Players are going to alternate actions over the course of five rounds after a number of in-game scoring categories. Whoever has the most victory points wins. All right, starting off with the complexity. What do you think? Rules overhead isn't crazy. I mean, there's a few little things here and there, like the neighborhood actions and the placement in regards to having the most settlements. Those are the only two that confuse me. On a given turn, you have eight options mm-hmm. on your turn, which sounds like a whole lot. When when I when we live streamed this and I taught this, I was like, so you have eight actions. Sounds like a lot, but actually, it's really mm-hmm. all intuitive. Yeah, so it is. I don't feel like the the rules really aren't difficult Mm -hmm. here at all Mm -hmm. and it's not a big rule book either i think it's like essentially eight pages including setup and everything so it's really not a big rule Mm -mm. book at all what about planning i definitely think it gets a lot of its weight from or arguably all of its weight from the planning aspect or the decision matrix Mm -hmm. in this game Planning ahead, definitely. I think that's, like you said, that's where the weight comes from because you have to not only make sure that that you're producing the correct things to do export contracts, but you also have to make sure that you have the factories you need in order to make the refined goods that you need. So there's a couple layers of of this stuff that you have to have and you have to think far enough ahead to be able to lay out everything. And as always, money is going to be tight, so you have to budget and try and plan everything mm-hmm. out, but there is a little bit of variability that's going to come into with the dynamic market, which is going to possibly impact your ability to plan yes. too far ahead. So there's it's ta- it's a mix of tactical along with strategic mm-hmm. planning, but definitely that's where we're getting our weight in Absolutely, this game. yeah. Luck and random factors for you. All right. So pregame, there's a number of randomness. But again, this is all pregame. What clans are available, what port bonuses are assigned to the board, what scoring tiles are selected, and the actual board creation. Mm Because they're double-sided boards. You can manipulate them in different, uh, different shapes a little bit on that. But during the game, really the only randomness that I can think about or that I can come up with are the export contracts yeah. and what comes out when, really. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Everything else everything. is open information. Yeah. And right? everything else is every other random factors before the game. So, yeah, I would say this contributes to the weight in a positive way mm-hmm. in that there isn't a lot of randomness, just those import or the, the export contracts. Right. And as far as the game length, I don't feel like it overstays its Mm -mm. welcome. It doesn't feel excessively long. If the only drag, and I say that kind of really lightly, is the setup time because it can be a bit fiddly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But outside of that, I feel like the game plays in the appropriate amount of time that it should. I think it's the perfect amount of time. How long do you think it takes to get it? 
Oh, not long at all. Do you? No, I think maybe one or two turns. Yeah, that. and if if this is going to be one of the very few times we're going to reference Terra Mystica in this review, I know a lot of people reference it mm-hmm. and and compare it. We're not going to do that. This is going to be in its own bubble in a lot of ways. However, the one getting it part that can be confusing to new players is the settlement bonus Mm -hmm. scoring at the end of the game. However, if they are familiar with Terra Mystica, it's almost identical to that. And it also, there are other factors or different mechanisms in this game that are similar, that are taken directly from Terra Mystica. So if you have a familiarity with Terra Mystica, that will help. Yeah. Uh, But honestly, even without that, a couple of rounds, but still that end game. Yeah, and if you see... You see the neighborhood action being taken and you see like you just maybe watch a couple other people do their adjacency bonus adjacencies and see how it works. Count it out for yourself and see that's what this is what I do. Count it out for yourself and then like say you count it out how many settlements that there is on the board for somebody. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they if my number matches your number then i know i'm right but if it doesn't then i have to ask you okay now how did you do that again? right exactly so yeah i i would say still a, t- a turn or two yeah. um definitely in the within the first round oh yeah i would say once production's done because oh, yeah. it's just not hard so does this fall into medium medium heavy or heavy yeah i honestly it's probably a step up from just midweight so it may be medium Medium plus, but I really hesitate saying medium heavy, and we're arguing semantics here. I get that, but I would say it's a step above a Rococo, which is kind of my baseline game that I use for a Mm midweight, but it's also not going to be as involved as some other mid-heavyweight games. So somewhere in that neighborhood. There's a lot of planning, and there's a lot of making sure, you know, minding your P's and Q's and making sure you have everything that you need. But other than that, it's not. So where do you have it? I have it midweight. Okay. All right. I don't think anyone's going to be wrong with either of them. No. And ultimately, the whole point of us saying whether it's midweight, heavy, lighter than mid is just to give you guys a rough ballpark idea. And I think we're doing that. It gives you a baseline of what you should expect from it. There you go. All right. So let's take a look at the components. What are your thoughts on those? They're solid. The pieces are of a good weight. The cardboard bits are thick. And you noted that everything is 30% smaller than normal to aid in shipping fees. Yeah, costs. so that that's a little, not off-putting, but it caught me off guard It a makes bit. you kind of feel like a giant a little bit. Yeah, the, the components definitely feel smaller, but mm-hmm. I also don't feel like they're unwieldy smaller. No, like I don't, I don't know that I would have noticed if I didn't, know that already oh okay the one nice thing is it provides a smaller footprint on the table so Mm -hmm. like when we live streamed it i was able to get all the player boards along with the main board and the market board and everything else all on one shot and people could see it clearly so that was a plus Mm -hmm. just from a live streaming standpoint but if you have a smaller table this is actually going to be a benefit Mm -hmm. now i'm 6'2 210 yeah, I'm a little smaller than you. I have somewhat bigger hands. I have no problem like manipulating the smaller components. <laughs> so I, I don't see it as a negative here. I don't um, Just something to be aware I of. I saw someone on BGG talk about how they felt that 
the scale of the game didn't match the size of the components. They felt that it was a much bigger feeling game, a more, not grandiose, but just like a, a more like, wow, type of game. And that the components and everything were too small. Huh. Okay. I guess you could say the same of a game like Pax Renaissance then yep. too. Huh. I wouldn't I, have ever. I would have put, never put two and two together I, with that. I don't know that I would agree with that, but I also, I'm not going to begrudge I them for feeling point, that way. But sure. I would have never gotten there yeah. myself. So with the smaller components means a smaller box size. So it's 12 and a quarter inches by just under nine inches by only just a hair over two mm-hmm. inches tall or 31 by 22 by five centimeters. So it's definitely a considerably smaller footprint box for your shelf yeah. as well, which is always welcome, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're anything like, well, most of the folks listening... You need all the space you, you can get. You need some room. What do you think about the graphic design? It's consistent. I mean, everything is consistent throughout the entire game. Even the little bits that you move up and down, the, uh, up the scoring track for the export goods, the tobacco. Or the import goods. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those look like the little cartoons on the... Yeah, it looks like, uh, well, sort of. The, the the cotton looks like a little puffball, so I guess that yeah. kind of works. The cotton and looks like a puffball. The tobacco looks like a little... Tobacco like leaf. Tobacco, tobacco, tobacco leaf. It, just, it looks like... They look like wooden representations of the drawing. Okay, so mission accomplished on that. Uh-huh. But yeah, as far as the rest of the graphic design, one symbol that represents something is carried through the entire game. Yes. So that's really all you can ask for as far as very clear and delineated graphic design Correct. and i'm very happy with it yes here. what about the artwork miss clemens franz fam girl fan girl it's another home run i mean do you need farmers and stuff call clemens he's your man you know i mean it's just it's his normal fare and it's awesome yeah i moving on all yes. right <laughs> as far as the rule book uh it's really clean really easy to follow um the kickstarter clans So this I thought was interesting. It has a little note in the rules Mm -hmm. that, hey, all the Kickstarter clans that that came out as stretch goals have not been playtested. So, hey, you're going to have to go online to get the most updated rules because those might get tweaked. So, eh, whatever. But as far as actual gameplay, the rulebook nails it. Like, everything is right there in front of you. It's just not not a difficult Mm-mm. game to begin with. So I would say the rule book uh, definitely high marks. And the only change for a two-player game is just a little bit of the setup as far as the board is uh, scaled down a little bit. And that's in its own section at the back of the rule book, which I that's always what we want. I right. always want differences for player counts to be called Mm -hmm. out like that so they did that very happy about that there are some variants that are in the back of the books all the tiles are laid out as far as what they do which that's always nice as well so yeah overall i would say really well done on the rule book i would agree with that all right amanda i'm gonna assume that there are some things about this game that you kind of dig a couple (laughs) so i mean recipe fulfillment that's always going to be awesome in my book yeah that's definitely one thing that you really really enjoy yeah uh i i'm not as high on it as you are but i think it's it does that well Mm -hmm. i mean it's a resource generation engine to be able to fulfill contracts or fulfill recipes so 
if you like that type of game, there's going to be a lot in this game mm-hmm. that you like. Yep, definitely. I like the fact that the import goods are scored at the very end of the game on different levels. So the one that's the Based rare, on rarity. The, rare, yeah, the yeah, rarest yeah. one is worth the most. So I enjoy about midway through the game figuring out what's going to probably be the rarest. Or at least what you can bet on right. is going to be the rarest and try and get some of those. Right. right? Or look around and see what uh, all your other opponents, maybe everybody has a lot of cotton. So continue to ramp up that cotton yourself so that you can make sure that they don't get a lot of points out of that. So meaning if, okay, so let me unpack this and make sure that I'm understanding mm-hmm. this. So if I have multiple contracts that have cotton on it, so maybe I have 10 cotton. Mm-hmm. The way these these break down is whatever is the most rare of the three import goods is worth five points at the end of the game, four for the middle one, and whatever is the most common is only worth three points at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So if I have a bunch of cotton and you don't have much cotton, it might behoove you to take a cotton contract just to bump cotton yep. up that track to make it even more common. Exactly. So that I take it in the shorts worse than you right. do then, and that is what you're saying, That's right? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I kind of dig that. I do like that variable scoring as far as those import goods and trying to play that own that little mini game within yeah. the game. It's interesting. Taking a look because it's all open information, so... There's there's no reason to not do that. Right. The one aspect of this game that had me most interested when I first heard about it, mm-hmm. when it was about to go on Kickstarter, was the dynamic player-driven market that this game has yeah. to where as players buy and sell goods from the market, it just adjusts the price based on scarcity. And I think... More games need to do that. I yes. like the fact that players are in control of what the price of goods is, and it's not static throughout every game. And I like the fact that it's completely player-controlled. Yeah. Really, really big fan of that. That's a really cool another one other thing to manipulate in the game. Yeah. The one interesting fact about this, though, I noticed is... At, it, the market just wasn't really dynamic our first couple of plays as players got more and more experience with the yep. game you started to see wild fluctuations yep. in the market even though it doesn't have a massive impact on the gameplay it does have some mm-hmm. and i think that is really cool to be able to see yeah. and enjoy that aspect of the game for sure that neighborhood bonus mechanism that we were talking about earlier where Whenever you build right next to someone, as long as it's a factory or something that produces things like a cow or sheep, you can get those goods at a discounted rate from the market. Right. And it's, I really like that as long as I've done a good enough job planning that. As long as you have merchants. (laughs) Yeah. You not only have to, not only what you build next to someone that you're planning and what you're thinking about, oh, hey, I need to make this cheese factory or this whiskey distillery because I need that. But also, if I'm going to build it right there next to your, say, cow, I need to make sure that I have two things before I do that. Not just enough money for me to be able to build my whiskey distillery, but I also need to make sure that I have enough merchants to be able to go and buy that discounted Mm -hmm. milk from the market. But I also 
need enough money yep. to buy that discounted milk from the market. Now, in the game, unfortunately, it doesn't allow any arbitrage, but even acquiring these extra goods at a discounted price is going to benefit me in the long run because either I can turn these goods into an upgraded good, i.e. if I made a cheese factory, I have now milk to turn it into Mm -hmm. cheese, or I can use that stuff, whatever it is, whiskey, whatever, to then fulfill export contracts down the road because... They're not going to mold in your supply. They just hang out until yeah. you use them. Or you can possibly sell them for a profit mm-hmm. down the road when you're desperate for money. So being able to time up that neighborhood mechanism is really, really important. And it's one that I feel I really underutilize a lot in this game. Oh, and I feel like you utilize it very well. Oh, yeah. No, not as much as I'd like to, I don't think. So the clans have... A lot of little rule breakers about them Mm -hmm. and they give the game a definite feel of asymmetry because the clans are so powerful that you need to whatever the benefit of the clan is you you need to focus yeah Yeah, you better use it and abuse it or else you're going to fall behind because Mm -hmm. if everybody else is doing maximizing what their clan gives you then well boo on you for not doing that Mm -hmm. Do you like that aspect, the asymmetry of the different clans? I do, and I also like that that it's not the same clans every game. Also, there's, there's I think, eight clans that can be chosen from, so it's rare that you're going to get the exact same combination and the exact same clans in every game, and I like that because that way you don't get... You it know, doesn't get stale. It does, and it doesn't become a crutch. Like, oh, I always want to make sure that I get that one that does X. Right, you know. so I can turn milk into money. Right. So I oh, I never have to worry about money because right. of this. Oh, oh, this is always the first step for mm-hmm. this. Yeah, but so you have other clans to explore this way. Which is nice. I love making goods and being able to upgrade them into better ones. Yeah, the, the engine in this game is really good. And I like the fact that there is a two-level engine. You produce basic goods and then you can either do something with those basic mm-hmm. goods, either fulfill a contract or sell them to the market or upgrade them into that second tier mm-hmm. as long as you have the factories built for them. Which is the conundrum in some, in some I'm speaking from experience yeah (laughs) but at the same time there's there's you know in some games to where okay look i know i'm not going to win so i try and make secondary goals for myself okay if i'm not going to score enough points because i've done a i failed in my job of just getting my engine going quick enough well even so there's still a satisfying feeling of accomplishment when your engine produces and you get all this stuff yeah, there it's there really is nothing like it though. You know, just sitting there and being like, okay, yeah, I need this and this and that and that and that and that. Okay, I'm done. You know, just that's that always feels. Really oh, and good. give me seventy dollars too. While exactly. You're at it. Yeah, that was my last game. <laughs> I like that. There's quite a bit of replayability here because of the clans being different and the scoring tiles are different and yeah there's enough variance here in the setup Mm -hmm. and everything else that's available before the game to give the games while it's not going to be a drastically different feeling game you're still doing the exact same things throughout the game how you do them and what you focus on is going to be different so Mm -hmm. as long as you enjoy the game and that resource conversion and engine building aspect recipe fulfillment then you're yeah, there's enough replayability here. Oh, yeah, I agree. definitely. So, 
as we mentioned earlier, it's pretty low complexity overall. Once you once you run through the eight actions that are available and you understand how production mm-hmm. works and then the end of round scoring and everything else, it's it's basic, simple actions because you're taking one action on your turn. So you go in turn order and it has a variable turn order. So it's not always clockwise around the table. It could be, okay, boom, I take my one action. Matt, it's your turn. He took his one action. Yeah, it's your turn. Fast. Yeah, very, very quick turn. So not a ton of downtime either. So that's also a nice little perk about this. It also plays very smooth. Just you don't have to... There's There's enough decisions there that it will make you think, but it's not so much that you're going to be sitting there trying to figure out the exact best thing to do you, every single you turn. You can do that. Uh, so, again, trying to not give a comparison to Terra Mystica, you do need to have a pretty focused strategy in this game uh, if the other players also do to be competitive in this. So I do feel that doesn't have to take that level of thought but it can it can but it, it, yeah exactly it, it depends on the level in which you're playing mm-hmm. the game i think the is, level in which you want to go into the game to play it yes yeah yeah totally i really like that the say cow that's left on the board <laughs> you can leave it on the board to produce milk or you can bring it off the board as meat to fulfill a contract then i like the basic goods because they're multi-use and you can hold on hold on what? You're slaughtering the cow, let's be honest. No, you are taking it off of the board and you're putting it back in its home. And it what, it's just going to serve you a steak? Yes. Okay, whatever helps you sleep at night. Thank you. But yeah, the, the multi-use, the, the fact that the cows, especially the, the cows and the, and the sheep, mm-hmm. they can either give you basic goods, being milk or wool, or they can be upgraded, quote unquote, <laughs> upgraded to mutton or steaks to be able to fulfill export contracts now interesting enough here milk is not a it's a basic good but it's never used for an an export contract whereas wool is steaks and mutton both are and cheese is but milk isn't that's interesting yeah and i mean like i was talking about at the beginning clan ferguson that's my family yeah, that's that, my peeps. That, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was like, "What?" Hey, that's that's my family. That's great, great yeah. something. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, what's not to like in the game? I wouldn't say what's not to like. It gives such a negative connotation. But let's face it, there are going to be aspects of this game that people need to know about that, and let them decide whether mm-hmm. or not they're going to like it. So the clan advantages or that asymmetry that I was alluding to, they're so significant and they're they're such an advantage for what your clan does well that you absolutely have to use it to drive your strategy. So I do wonder how much flexibility is there in mm-hmm. your play? And the main thing in this game, like Sweater Mike says, if a game gives you in-game scoring points, you probably ought to not neglect those. Right. And you're going to get a ton of points from fulfilling contracts. So there's going to be a whole lot of fulfilling contracts between all the players. And then it just becomes a game of who is most efficient in getting other points in other ways. Mm-hmm. Somebody on BGG said, all I know is the clans my friends play and win with 
are way overpowered relative to the ones that I play. Yeah, right. You know, so <laughs> that's always the case. That's, obviously, <laughs> that's always how it is. Whenever you go into a game with something that gives you an advantage or in some asymmetry form or like yeah, this, right? Exactly. Oh, your stuff is always so much better than right. what I have. And whenever I play that, I never can do that. You know, that's just that's but that's just going to happen. Yeah, play better in that case. Exactly. So I have a question for you. Yes. Is this just more of the same? There's really nothing new that this game brings. Mm-hmm. No. Um, there's nothing in this game that really pops and says, oh my. No, there really isn't. But it, everything, it it plays well and plays smoothly like we yes. were talking about. And it's, it's, and it's exactly what I had said earlier. If you enjoy recipe fulfillment and you enjoy an efficiency engine building resource conversion game mm-hmm. then you're going to enjoy this yes. and it does play very very smoothly but i don't know that it does anything special yeah i would agree i would agree with that yeah all right so we'll talk about the elephant in the room for about 30 seconds here terra mystica so here are the similarities in this game the neighborhood bonus is very similar the end of round scoring, but a ton of games have that, so we're not going to count that. You score points for the most separate connected groups, i.e. the settlement bonus, exactly the same. Eight, 18 points, 12 points, 6 points, so that's very derivative in that respect. Shipping that allows you to build on the other side of water, you know, the way you mm-hmm. advance your shipping track, just like in Terra Mystica. So there are definitely... A number of similarities of this, but again, I feel like the game took a lot of known good ideas, trimmed away what they didn't like, added some new stuff with the dynamic market, and made it into its own Mm -hmm. game. And it very much does feel like its own game. I don't feel like this is a Terra Mystica killer or a Terra Mystica clone. It's Clans of Caledonia. Yeah, it's a a different game. It is. And if you like those, the things that I mentioned earlier, then this just in you're going to like this game yeah do you feel a lot of pressure in this game to do stuff no so some people are going to see that as a positive and some are going to see it as a negative all depends on your point of view i personally lack that it lacks tension yeah because you're going it it's a point salad ultimately to where you're going to get a number of points you might not win but you're still going to do okay Mm mm-hmm to be able to score points. But I feel like the game is kind of lacking that tension. I don't feel like there's anything pushing me to there's no there's just no pressure. I don't uh, I'm every action I do is going to be a positive reinforcement action, whether it's getting a contract, building a factory because the factory is going to produce something at the end of the round or whether it's fulfilling an export contract or just getting merchants or upping my shipping. I'm helping myself in some way Mm -hmm. in every single action that I do. Even passing, the earlier you pass, the more money you get. So it's very much a positive reinforcement game, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it lacks tension because everything gives you a little bit of candy. Yeah, you get a participation medal for everything. You really, really do in this game. There are a lot of components on that score track. There really are. There's VP markers. There's settlement markers. There's the three input goods markers. Yeah, so assuming a four-player game, you're looking at 11 different components that are going to be along this really small, 30% smaller (laughs) score track. 
So yeah. it gets really cluttered in if you stack things up, which I imagine you're going to. It's just it's a little unwieldy and a little fiddly. Yeah. Then yeah. with that, and it's easy to knock stuff over. It really, as well. it really is. If you, yeah, it really is. If you just bump the table, it can all come tumbling down. As much as I like the dynamic market idea, especially in early plays, I don't feel like it's terribly dynamic. It does move. It is player driven, but it's not a massive swing one way or the other. And I'm not saying that's a flaw. I just wish it was a bit more dynamic and it had a little bit more of an impact on play. Like what? I I don't I, I don't have an answer. I'm not a designer. I just it, it doesn't It just feels like yeah, it should. It doesn't pop as much as and it doesn't have as big of an impact in the game as I want it to. Okay. But then again, that's coming from somebody that really enjoys economic games so that could be a edward problem Mm -hmm. more so than a clans of caledonia problem or not problem but you know it's my issue it's not the game issue on that so like i said it does have an impact but it's just not a massive impact oh i can't quite afford a second cheese this round because you know you bumped the track up to where now i'm a dollar short right that type impact okay all right, Clan Ferguson. Yes. <laughs> yes, I realize it's it's Scottish and it's it has whiskey in it. Mm-hmm. But do you feel the theme is strong in the game? No, not really. I mean, no. I mean, do these would these clans really be fulfilling import export contracts? Yeah. Um. Yeah. The theme is is really forgettable in my opinion mm-hmm. i don't feel like it's really strong one way or the other i would argue that a game that we've played recently like pixie, pixie queen, queen has a stronger theme mm-hmm. um now this is not a detriment for us but for those that are theme first folk or want a strong it theme might be this is definitely not going to be your cup of scotch <laughs> and a few things kind of feel tacked on now I feel like I'm getting a little nitpicky on this, but the port bonuses or my favorite aspect, and by favorite, I mean in quotes, favorite, Yeah. getting an extra dollar for completing an export contract that pushes one of the import goods over an arbitrary number, hey, you get an extra dollar? Yeah, I don't like that at all. Why? I don't like it at all. Money can be tight, so that one dollar can be a big deal. But I just, I just don't understand but it. You I guess. didn't do anything to get the money. You just—it's when you timed your yeah. your completion of the contract. Just, ugh. yeah, not not a fan. And as I mentioned, setup can be a bit of a chore. So we have been leaving it set up, yeah. so it makes it a lot easier to just sure does. Oh, works over. All right, let's go play. <laughs> set up, boom, done. Yep. Scalability. So mechanically. Some of the board is going to be off limits in a two-player game, and there's also a variant that it suggests for a three-player game that you can uh, that you can implement if you wish, just to make it a little bit tighter. Because there's just not a ton of interaction in this game, so that's really the only the only scaling, mechanically speaking, mm-hmm. gameplay-wise, less players, even with a tighter board there's still going to be some level of less interaction than there is, and there's not a ton to begin with. And there's definitely less market volatility because it's only the two of you. Or, or even the three of you. Yeah. you. Just less people going to the market, mm-hmm. so the market's not going to move as much. Yeah. But 
the number of good, like the, uh, the, the types of goods that are available, that doesn't change. So scaling wise, doesn't scale a whole lot other than the actual available hexes that are on the board. That's about it. So not a lot here. It's really not. All right. So it's a new game. There are a lot of comments actually on the game, but some are ZOMG. This is an amazing Kickstarter. Oh my God. Yeah, we 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 didn't cover those. Uh there I, I got one on both sides of the aisle. Oh here. All right. While there's not really anything new here, the game takes a bunch of existing game elements and assembles them in a pretty decent way. It has a nice market system that ebbs and flows based on what's being bought and sold, demand tiles that reward you for cashing in sets of things, positional play on the board, etc. Overall, a game that didn't really get my blood pumping like I'd hoped, but it's also a solid resource churning type game. I look forward to playing more, but it didn't leave me dying to want to play again right away. I feel like I just read my summary. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> so on the other side of this, smoothly flowing resource optimization euro. Seriously, that's a mouthful. It's a lot of letters. It is, right? That successfully borrows elements from other greats in the genre. Getting your income flow set up quickly is important, but needs to be balanced carefully with contract completion and set up for the last couple of end round bonuses. One of my few complaints is that components could be a tad bigger. Overall, a highly satisfying game. Perhaps 30% bigger? Oh, perhaps. Clans of Caledonia is a great game. There's just enough going on to feel like you have to use your brain, but not so much that you feel totally wiped after it's over. Just enough meaty decisions. Just enough production. Just enough. Not too much. Not too little. This is the Goldilocks of board games. So I had a summary written, but I actually I'm just going to play off of yours, Amanda. I don't want Goldilocks. Goldilocks is fine. I there there, thirty five hundred games get produced every year or got produced this year. There's plenty of Goldilocks. I'm not looking for another Goldilocks. Thanks. Your rating, sir. So we rate on a one to six scale. One, burn it with fire. Six, Z O M G, amazing game. For me, it's fine. It's a three. It's fine. It has some really cool stuff. I will not turn down a play of Clans of Caledonia. I'm also not jonesing to play Clans of Caledonia. I have it as a three. Just, it's fine. Yeah, I have it as a four, so that would be just a scotch higher than that. I like the, I love the recipe fulfillment and the resource conversion pieces of it. So I enjoy them. I don't love them. Right. And that's the difference. That's yep. what makes it mine a little bit higher, but that makes sense. Hey, look, we disagree. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that is Clans of Caledonia. And we want to thank Karma Games for providing us with a review copy of the game and making this review possible. So thank you. All right, you ready to get into the next game? Get ready to live stream? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Let's go. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>